Well, today's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 24. We're going to read uh, in the ESV, uh, verses 13 through 35. It's a, a little bit of a, a longer passage, um, but if, you, if you're comfortable and if, if uh, you're able to, if you could please stand for the reading of God's word once you found the scripture. There's Bibles underneath your seats, and there's also, we're going to project it here. And if you're at home, feel free to uh, stand and join us for the reading of God's word as well, if you're comfortable doing that from home. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with the Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us? On the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right, well, friends, this entire school year, we have been going through uh, what it means to live life with God, to live life in the kingdom. And one of the things that we have been battling is uh, this kind of modern idea that we are completely alone in this world, that it's almost, uh, you know, kind of like the prevailing worldview nowadays, that we're just kind of like cosmic dust We're just accidents that happened over time. And that we are utterly alone. And even when you're surrounded by other people, we feel this kind of 
nihilism, that this, this sense that nothing matters. And that's the kind of worldview that many of us live in all the time, even for those of us who are in the church. It's hard not to. It's something that people sometimes call practical atheism. You may say you believe in Jesus, and there may be a part of you that, that, that you know, does believe intellectually, but we live as if God is not real and not an active part of our lives. But today, friends, the story that we just read is of two disciples who are literally walking And Jesus comes and walks alongside them. And so we're told that these two people were going to Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So this was not, you know, a short walk. So they're talking for a long time. They're they're, they're walking. And while they're doing this, they're they're discussing what had happened in Jerusalem. You know, with, with Jesus being crucified and the resurrection and, you know, all of these crazy accounts that they had heard. And so while they were doing this, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So, friends, th- this is a very interesting thing, right? Uh, uh, you might have heard that in many of the resurrection stories, a lot of the people don't recognize that it's Jesus, It's like they're prevented from being able to recognize him until a certain moment in their encounter. And that's definitely the case here. But my question is, are we like the disciples? Maybe we're walking through life and the Spirit of Christ is actually with us, walking alongside us, but we don't recognize it. Maybe there's something that's keeping you from knowing that you are not alone. And friends, I just want to say that I think this is all of us. I think there's even, you know, for me as a pastor, as someone who's, who's always proclaiming the gospel, and, you know, um, I, I just try to be real with you because I think it's very easy for me to come up here and, you know, kind of like shout these things and, you know, act like I believe it all 100% all the time. But there are times where I'm just kind of going through life and going through the week and, and I, I just feel like I'm alone. I feel like there's no one there. And that's something that, you know, for me has been a, a, a great focus of my prayers and a great focus of, of how I've been trying to live my life, to know that Christ is there. So friends, if, if you have that problem, well, let's continue in this journey, right? We're not going to walk for seven miles But it's a little bit of a journey, and if you can walk with us, I think there's going to be some things that we see about how we can recognize the Christ who is with us. And so Jesus, who they think is just a stranger, asked them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. I mean, friends, there's just so much here in this passage, right? You can feel the emotion dripping. Right? I mean, these are people that really care about Jesus. You can tell that, right? And I kind of love this passage because these disciples are not like, they're not one of the 12, right? And as far as I know, they don't appear anywhere else in the scripture. And so they are disciples. It's very clear from this, this uh, passage that they are people who were trying to follow Jesus, uh, trying to believe in Jesus. But, you know, in many ways, I I just think they're like us. You know, they're ordinary disciples just walking home, right? And, 
here they are, and, and, and they're just kind of overwhelmed this, with this emotion. And, you know, just again, if there's a stranger who just kind of like says to you like, hey, how's it going? You know, you just normally you just say something like really polite, right? Like, like, oh, not much, or, you know, like, oh, what's up with you? Okay, bye. And you just kind of expect it to go on like that. But friends, have you ever been in a situation where someone asks you, how are you doing? And there's just so much going on that you just start crying. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Maybe not many, but you've probably seen that happen. And probably a, a little bit, you're like kind of mortified. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, get it together. Like, I don't want to be like that. But this is the disciples. There's so much going on. They can't help it. A stranger asks them, hey, what are you talking about? And they're like looking sad, right? They're overcome with what is going on in their lives. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. Uh, Friends, uh, this is a little bit telling that they say Jesus, a man who was a prophet. Right? And so maybe there's a little bit of understanding about Jesus that they don't quite have yet, right? I mean, they're getting there, right? But they still see Jesus as just a prophet. Um, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be contempt, condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped. Man, there's so much there, right? They're just being honest this person that they think is a stranger, they had these hopes, and those hopes were dashed. They were not realized. That's why they're so disappointed, right? One of the reasons. Um, and they said, yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And Jesus does something. That, again, you, you got to remember, they think he's just some stranger who's also walking on the same path as them. And he says something that is, is, would be considered, I think, in any culture to be rude. He says they're foolish. He says, oh, foolish one, you fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them, uh, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So friends, I think here we are starting to see what may be one of the reasons why they cannot recognize Jesus who is walking with them. And the clue here is when Jesus says to them, you are slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Okay, so if they're slow to believe what the prophets have spoken, then what are they quick to believe? Well, friends, uh, you know, this is part of the reason why we're walking through this story so slowly. And we're kind of taking it apart because I want you to see what they are believing instead of the word of God. Did you see it? Did you see it? So, friends, this is the way we work. There are thoughts and emotions that you feel immediately, and we are quick to believe them. 
We believe them right away. Have you ever been in a situation where you just kind of felt like, I mean, you didn't know for sure, but you kind of felt like someone didn't like you? Maybe even told your friend that, oh, that girl, she's looking at me funny, right? You don't know for sure, right? But there's a thought, there's a thought. And then there's an emotion that goes with it, and you are quick to believe it, right? Some of us, we might be slow to believe that. We might question that. Maybe your friend's like, oh, are you sure? Like, maybe they're just constipated, you know? <laughs> maybe that's what the funny look is. I mean, we don't know what that funny look is, right? Maybe they weren't even looking at you. I mean, there could be so many different uh, interpretations of that. Why do you choose the most negative? And for most of us, it is because there is something in your story that already exists that that experience is connecting to, and your mind is connecting to it, and it attaches, right? And you feel that. So friends, what are these disciples, Cleopas and Cleopas's companion, who's not named. Some scholars think, think it's Mrs. Cleopas. It's his wife. We're not sure. But these two disciples, what are they quick to believe? So friends, I think it might go something like this. Jesus dead, right? And that is connecting to an experience they already have. Dead is bad, right? Okay, you're like, but Pastor Steve, everyone has that experience. It's true that many of us have negative experiences that we already connect to, right? That it's just kind of like universal stuff. But I got to say, there's a lot of things that we connect to that are not universal. But your mind has a story that is already running based on your history. For example, um, some of you maybe are like me and you love dogs. Do you guys ever see a dog and you're just like, puppy, right? And you're like, like no matter what, you want to be that dog's best friend. That's me, right? I, I just love dogs. There's other people that maybe had a bad experience with the dog. And maybe when you're really little, a dog uh, attacked you or was really aggressive or really scary or tried to bite you or something like that, right? And so for those people, when they see a dog, their immediate reaction isn't puppy. They're like, oh, no, no, right? My dog, Lucky, is like the friendliest dog. We we always say he's going to be the worst guard dog in the world. Like, seriously, if, like, a robber came into our house, he'd be like, friends, you know? He's so friendly. He's so friendly. And yet, I I know there's people who are scared of dogs, and when they come to our house, right, their experience, there's this very quick thing that happens. It's not a choice, right? It's not a choice. This is what I want to, to, to just impress upon you. It's not like someone is sitting there, should I be afraid of this dog? Like, let, let me assess his size and his weight and how sharp is. No, it's much quicker than that. There's just something that your mind and your heart connects to in the past, and you just feel it. But this is the thing. We're quick to believe it. Is that true? Is my dog, Lucky, the friendliest dog in the world, going to bite your face off? Of course not. If you knew Lucky, you would know that, right? It's not accurate information. But many of us are quick to believe that information. So this is what happens, right? Jesus dead, dead is bad, sad feelings. They're looking sad, right? We can't find the body, uncertainty, right? And so, again, friends, remember what they said. They don't just say the body was missing. We don't know what this is. They said that the women came back and witnessed that Jesus was alive, but they don't believe that, right? They, they're like, we, we've never heard this before. This is so weird, right? It creates uncertainty with them. And that uncertainty probably created for them anxious feelings, right? And so here they are. 
And it's so much. A stranger asks them, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, right? It just comes out automatic. That's what they are quick to believe, right? And so, friends, one of the things that we have to learn is to not believe so quickly those feelings that you have all the time, right? And all of us go through this. But instead, we have a different word, right? Man does not live on bread alone, on just the natural stuff that's coming into you, the natural stuff you're experiencing, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? And so there is a word that is speaking something different. And Jesus is trying to do that. He's trying to unpack for them. He's trying to tell them something different. And this is the thing. Throughout Scripture, not even just the New Testament, but Jesus, he's going OT, right? He's going to the Hebrew Scripture. And he is showing all of these passages that talk about the Messiah suffering. And and this is a, a, a very interesting thing, right? So Jesus, is, he calls them foolish, right? He says, you are slow to believe everything that the prophets say about the Messiah and what he had to endure. And I think the disciples, they're just like us. There's some things in Scripture they don't want to hear. Maybe some of the stuff where they talk about the Messiah and, and you know, they hear an interpretation that the Messiah is going to be king forever. They're like, oh, a king, like David. Yeah, remember how David was kicking butt and taking names and Israel was on top? That's the kind of king we want. That's the kind of Messiah we want. And then when it talks about a suffering servant, when it talks about all the stuff that that servant has to go through, they're like, yeah, next page. Right? They skip it, Right? They're slow to believe all that Jesus has for them. Because I think they, like us, they look at these negative experiences and they're like, that's not God. Mm. That's not what God wants. It's not God's will, right? So what about you and me? When we are going through life, friends, isn't it like this? You go through life, something negative happens. Bad feeling, right? And maybe even you connect that spiritually. You're like, God is not in this. He can't be in this. Why would God want me to suffer? Well, there's no God here, right? That's what we think. That's what we believe. But it's because we are quick to believe our feelings. We are not quick to believe what the Word of God says. Because, friends, if you look at Scripture, all throughout it is people who have suffered, people who've gone through difficult things, Right? But at the same time, there is another word that is speaking that even though you go through those things, there is a God who walks beside you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You are with me. That's the word that is spoken. Right? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the promise that we have. God is walking with you through all of this stuff. But many of us, I mean, again, no fault of our own, no fault of your own, but we are slow to believe it. Right? So they drew near 
to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So if you guys know, right, like, like we just read this, but this part of the story is really key, right? Because it is after this, it is after they asked Jesus to stay that they finally recognized Jesus. They're not ready for it yet. It hasn't happened yet, right? So friends, okay, <laughs> you're walking on the road, right, like with your husband, your wife, you're just going home, it's been a long day, you have feelings, just feelings upon feelings that are just coming out. You're exhausted, probably, seven miles, right? Not a short walk. And the stranger comes alongside you, he's like, what's up, guys? He's like, you know, he's just asking all these things. And not only that, but the stranger is rude to you. The stranger calls you foolish, right? You know, at least probably that's how most people would interpret it. How many people would ask the stranger to stay with them for the night, <laughs> right? But there's something here that the disciples are like, there's something here. They're open enough to entertain what this person is saying, right? They receive the word that the person is saying. And they know enough that there's something here. There's something special about this person. So they ask him to stay. It's only because they do that, that, you know, they have the meal. Jesus breaks the bread. It's very like the Last Supper, right? He breaks the bread, and as he does they finally recognize that it is Jesus. Friends, I wonder if many of us are willing to linger in these moments with God. Last week, we talked about the idea of clinging, right? That, that Mary was told not to cling to the way that she wanted things to be, to, to having Jesus physically present because it was preventing her from living into the glorious resurrected life that Jesus wanted for her, Right? And so there's this difference, though, I think, between clinging to the things we want and lingering with God. Many of us, we don't want to linger with God, so we cling to the things we want. We cling to the familiar. We cling to the the, the feelings that we normally have. And friends, I just want to be clear. Those things are actually not always positive. (laughs) They're just familiar, right? You, You heard, in this passage, the disciples are sad, right? They're anxious. They're uncertain right? And many of you, you go through a lot of these things, right? But we cling to them because they are familiar, because we have learned to listen to our minds and our feelings, right? And we're just, we just go there. We just automatically go there. But the things of God, sometimes we're like, "Mm, no, 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 I don't want these things. We don't want to linger there, right? There are many of us who feel this way, right? And so, so maybe some of you are like, well, Pastor Steve, what are you talking about? Who wouldn't want to hang out with Jesus, But sometimes it makes you feel uncomfortable. The things of God make people feel uncomfortable. Last night, uh, I went to a wedding. And, uh, you know, during the wedding, um, (laughs) I I, I realized something. Because at a wedding, you know, there's, for adults at least, there's alcohol. And a lot of people are drinking. And I noticed that a lot of people were really uncomfortable around me. I'm telling you, it wasn't in my head. Like, some people, like, straight up were like, uh, oh, pastor, uh, is it okay? You know, uh, like, like one lady asked me, like, how do you feel about all of this? I'm like, how do I feel about all this? Do you know what Jesus' first miracle was? It was turning water into wine at a wedding, right? This is wonderful. People are celebrating and having a good time. This is wonderful, right? 
And, and I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with all of you, so I'm not going to judge you, right? Just like, I wouldn't expect you to judge me. I just said, it's wonderful, right? <laughs> I just said, you know, I, I, I maybe mentioned the wedding at Cana thing because I'm a pastor, I can't help it. But, um, and the, the, you know, I was actually seated with, uh, like, the family of the bride, like, with these, like, older Koreans, right, who are, like, way older with me than, than me. And, and I, I honestly think it was probably, like, we can't sit Pastor Steve with the young people because it's going to bum them out to have a pastor sitting at their table, and they're just going to feel judged. And, friends, if you know me, right, like, man, I would not judge anyone, right? But just the mere idea of a pastor at your table, right, Man, just the idea of that makes us feel uncomfortable. So friends, if the idea of a pastor sitting at your table makes you uncomfortable, would we be comfortable with lingering with God? Maybe some of us, right, like going to church or doing churchy things, there's something within you. It is not the immediate thing that you want, right? You think about going to church. You think about Bible study. You think about prayer. You think about the things of God. What is your first thought? What is your first emotion? Is it like, hooray, praise God. I'm going to just confess to you guys. I'm going to be real. It's not always for me, and I'm the pastor, right? Let's be honest. There are these things within us. And, and, and if we don't recognize that, friends, we'll never be able to get past it, right? And so maybe for some of us, that would not be our first instinct to say, God, I want to linger with you. But for many of us, friends, if we don't do that, if we're not willing to linger with the Spirit of God, we're not going to be able to recognize him in our lives. It might take some time to work through whatever it is you're going through, right? To, to, to kind of like take a second look. Instead of believing that thing that is grabbing you at first, you should be sad, you should be angry, you should be anxious, but instead to linger in this moment with God. What is this moment with God? It's every moment, friends. It is reality itself. This is a moment with God. We have been talking about this all year. What is the holy name of God, friends? Anyone remember? Or what does it mean? You don't have to say it. Do you guys remember what it... Andy, do you remember what it... yo hey vat Good job. Yo, man, Andy, breaking out the Hebrew. Yeah, that's awesome. What does it mean? What does it mean? I am who I am, or I am that I am. Yes, yeah, so, so if you hear that, Andy, that's some of the college students who are just like... Yo, Andy knows. Andy knows. What's up? Yes, I am who I am. I am that I am. God is the great I am. Not that I was, not that I will be. I mean, he's that, but he's always eternally present, right? And this idea of living in the past, this is what's happening, right? When you get stuck in your stuff, right? When the dog comes out and you're immediately scared, you're going back to the past. You're not living in the moment. Right? When, when you look at these experiences, you're like, this is bad. This is good. This is neutral. This is making me anxious. This is making me uncomfortable. We are not willing to live in this moment with God because this is a God who is eternally present. But not only that, He is the God who has overcome death itself. And if you can live with this God in this moment, you literally don't need to be scared of anything. Nothing. Right? 
Friends, if you think I'm just like making stuff up or this is just a pipe dream or this is just so unrealistic, seriously, look at the history of the church. There are people that literally were faced with death. Like people were going to execute them for their faith. And they would sing hymns to God. And they would praise God. And they would be like, what's the worst you're going to do to me? You're going to kill me and then I get to be with Jesus forever? Go ahead. They literally weren't afraid because they knew. They knew that God was with them and would always be. Would always be. This is the reality that we want to live in, right? And friends, one of the things that I'm going to ask you, and one of the things that I think is so important, is, is definitely not listening to that first voice, that, that voice inside your head that's always telling you things, always telling you how to feel, and we just automatically believe it. But hearing the voice of God that says different, you are not cosmic dust. You are not a cosmic accident. You are a child of God. And you are a child of God that Jesus, the Son of God, literally died for and was suffered and was tortured on a cross for you. And the power of God is so great. His love was so great that that love resurrected Jesus. That's the God who is with you in every moment, friends. That's so powerful. It's so powerful. So friends, there's these moments, right? I mean, it's me too. These moments that you go through and you're like, you're feeling awkward, you're feeling uncertain, you're feeling sad, you're feeling angry, you're feeling whatever it is, friends, to just don't believe that so easily, right? You're going to feel it, right? You're going to have to work through it, right? Jesus doesn't interrupt them. When they're feeling sad, he's not like, stop being sad, right? He lets them be sad, right? But he also tries to reframe things for them and saying, let me show you what it actually says in Scripture. Let me show you the way the world really is. Let me show you the truth of the resurrection and of the idea that, yes, you will have to go through suffering. But there's also resurrection, right? And so, friends, when you're going through that, you know, just acknowledge that, right? Hey, this is my past coming up right? This is my mind telling me to believe these things, right? It might be true. It may not be true, but I don't need to listen to it. I don't need to be so quick to believe it, but maybe I can believe the promises of God instead. This is why, friends, it's one of the most powerful spiritual practices you can have is to memorize scripture, because when you are in that moment, you may not think to pull out your Bible and then start referencing the scripture, right? You may not be able to do that, but yet, if you have the scripture at the ready, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You are with me. Just in that moment, you can bring that to mind. You can believe that word instead. So friends, they, they, they recognized Jesus and, and their eyes were open. And, and, and then Jesus vanishes and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And friends, by the way, burning is not always a good sensation, right? Burning can be like passion. That's the way we normally take it. Like, oh, they're so passionate. But it might have also been conviction. I want to encourage you, when you read scripture and you don't like it, to persevere, linger, do not turn away so quickly. 
Um, and then they, they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. So they didn't even go to bed, right? The, out, the day was getting late. They, they had their dinner, right? It was probably getting dark, but they could not wait. They had to run back to Jerusalem. And so they do. They go seven miles back to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed, for real. This happened, right? And, and uh, uh, he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and, has, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Like Mary Magdalene last week, the disciples in this story, they started scared and tired and anxious and, and, and just depressed, right? And they leave with this joy just leaping back to Jerusalem. Can't wait to witness to Christ. Their lives are forever changed because they have this experience with the risen Lord, because they're willing to linger with the Lord through all of those feelings that they had, to not listen to them, but instead to allow God to open up the scriptures to them. Friends, um, He's going to ask the praise team to come up. And I, I, I don't know how you feel about this, friends, where you are. Maybe for some of you, you're still wrestling with this idea of a risen God whose spirit is with you now. And maybe for some of you, you think it's too good to be true. Ah, this is just a pastor. I mean, that's his job is to talk like this. But friends, I, I have to say, you know, I, I already told you, I've got all those feelings that you all have too. I have all those doubts. But in certain moments in my life, when I'm still enough and I'm willing to linger and I'm willing to let Scripture sometimes rebuke me and correct me, in those moments, you know, it's not always at my choosing. But there is this peace that I sometimes get. There is this knowledge that goes beyond knowledge. It's not always an emotion. But there's just a peace of knowing that God is there with me. I want you to experience that. It might be a little bit different for you. It might come in a different way. That's okay. But just wherever you're at, friends, can we just take a moment? You can close your eyes if you want to. Just acknowledge wherever you are in this story. Maybe there's a moment in this story that's sticking with you. Or maybe you're still caught up with your feelings, your emotions, your past, your history. And you're getting stuck there. Can we just at least acknowledge that? And maybe you can speak into that if you could be so bold. You can say, mind, I I don't need to believe that. Heart, I don't need to fall into those emotions. I don't need to stay there. I can let it go. I can give it to God. Because I know that God is here with me. He has something greater. What if the disciples just stayed there and they just looked sad for days on end and they didn't do anything else but just feel their feelings? but because they're willing to go on this journey with Christ and to linger with Christ for a moment, just untold joy was unleashed into their lives. New purpose was given to them. Friends, may you encounter the risen Christ right now. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, so much. Wherever we are in the story, maybe we're still just in our feelings and we're still overwhelmed. Maybe some of us are convicted by the scripture and our hearts are burning within us, Lord. 
and we know, God, that our lives aren't quite lined up with where you want us to be. Maybe some of us, we're still kind of pushing away the things of you, Lord. We don't always want to be around you, Lord. We don't always want to be around your scripture, God, because of how it makes us feel. But Lord, may all of us learn to linger. May all of us be able to encounter you, God. The true living God who raised Jesus from the dead and who is with us right now. God, we know you are here right now. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.